1212, I go by the name of DJ Wood, and you're now listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Let's go! Make an entrance so backward cut. Come on, cut for me. Oh, yeah. Whoa, slow down. Whoa, speed up. Fresh. What up, Jeeks? My name is Rockin' Mr. Magic, and this is the original Jeek Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Apologize, it's been a couple weeks since we had our last episode. I'm trying to keep it going here in this winter time frame. Y'all know how it is, shopping, family time, and whatnot. So, made some time to bring y'all some more dope Jeek content. Tonight, we have a guest with us. I'm excited to have a conversation with this brother. Um, I've been had some small ones online and looking forward to really spending this, this time together. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest. He is half of the Eddie and Mike, the podcast, DC fan, Mike Pyatt. What's poppin', y'all? How y'all doing tonight, this evening, this morning, if you're listening in the morning? <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, as of recording time, it's Saturday night. Um, to those listening, you'll hear this Wednesday morning. And it's a lovely evening. It's two weeks before Christmas. And we are just going to have a good time. Uh, to start the show, we're going to have a short Q&A with Mike. But before we get cracking with that, Mike, do me a favor and please share how you and your content can be found on social media. So I'm like everywhere <laughs> all the time for the most part. But um, on Twitter, you can find me at Mike from SW, at Mike from SW, abbreviated um, for Southwest. The same thing for Instagram, too, at Mike from SW. Um, as far as the podcast, I'm on two of them right now. Um, Matt already mentioned, Eddie and Mike. You can find us on Twitter at Eddie and Mike DMV. Again, that's at Eddie and Mike DMV. And um, the Wizards podcast that I'm running with my man um, at DG, I'm sorry, at Damage DC Fan on Twitter. And that podcast is, is called Wiz the Classified. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of all over right now having fun with this podcast thing. It's, it's really been an adventure. Awesome. And the podcast, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you're, you're here to join in some of the fun we have. And that's what, what we try to do here on the Regional Jeep Podcast is to have the best conversation around sports and geek culture. So, so let's get going. Um, I'm in the right place then because, like, yes. I love it. <laughs> this, is, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the place to be. If you talk sports and you talk geek nerd, this is the spot because we talk about both of them, and we like to even we like to, to merge those worlds as much as possible. So, um, let's start. Being that you're rocking the hat and you've got the the, the background here, let's start on the gridiron. 
So, when will the Washington football team win their next Super Bowl? What's your prediction? When's that going to finally happen again? Um, I don't know because I got, I got torched the last time I said this out of my mouth. And this was back in 2012 after um, we drafted RG3 and went on that seven-game win streak. Um, and then it just all messed up. Everything just went crazy. So now that Rivera's here, I'm hoping that they can get one within his tenure. Um, he's in the second year of the five-year contract. So um, I'm pretty sure it'll get past the five. I think he's done well enough to get past the five. So hopefully within the next five years. But realistically speaking, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. So I'll say 10, 10 years. Ten within years. the next 10 years. Hopefully, man. I, I need one. <laughs> I just need one. Honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll go even further. We haven't had an 11-win season since 1991. I'll take that. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that was and, and that's and and you won the super and you won the Super Bowl in '92, mm-hmm. so right. Yeah, like, yeah it's, been, it's been a it's, while. It's hard. <laughs> like I, I know other fans probably have worse um, experiences with their teams than um, with Washington football fans, but man, like whoo, it's been bad. Like. Just as bad on the field and off the field, like we go through a ton. Well, you, I'll put it this way: um, I don't think you, your team's going to win until you get new ownership, because your ownership um, is hot garbage. Um, honestly, <clears throat> I try not to like get into curses and jinxes and all that stuff. But if such a thing did exist, if there was a curse on the team, I do think that I can probably provide a great case that Snyder's that curse. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. Before he owned the team, it wasn't like Washington was winning um, as much as other teams were. Like, they were starting to trend down during that right. time. Honestly, Washington is a franchise. Like, they have pockets of success. But outside of those pockets of success, kind of trash. <laughs> like, the, I'm, I'm talking all the way back to the 40s, the 50s. Like, the 40s and 50s for this franchise was horrible. Um, 1960, things started to got better. They went to, uh, went to a Super Bowl in the 70s, one right. in the 80s and 90s. But since the 90s, it's, it's, it's been horrible. True. It's been it's been rough. Um, but you but you've got that success to lean on. You know, a, a lot of franchises are, you know, yeah. still seeking still seeking their first. But you got an odd history because of you've had so much down. And then you have those flashes of greatness and you win. But most of your time, your tenure is it's pretty bad. You know where you've got franchises that are just seemingly consistently always good, regardless of whether they win or not. They're always, you know, they're never, they're never terrible, um, whether they win or not. But when you're just generally bad and then you win a couple, it's like, cool, we won, but most of the time we suck and that's not fun. Right. And um, 
going back to what you said about Snyder and ownership and um, team success, you can kind of look at the Steelers and their ownership. And not only their ownership, but from what I know about the Roonies, from what I've heard about the Roonies, they're Mm -hmm. good people. And yeah. Dan Snyder is not a good person based on Dan, what we heard Snyder about is, <laughs> No, Dan I don't know anybody that thinks Dan Snyder's a good person. Um, no, Dan Snyder's not a good person. And and the, and we, as we've seen, um, we've heard and we've seen throughout the years, the culture is terrible in ownership. Um, I I used to live in Pittsburgh. I'm not a Steeler fan, um, and that's mostly because I don't like Steeler fans. But the the culture, for the most part, within the Steelers organization is top-notch. And that's why they've had three coaches since 1965. That's amazing. You know, that's why they've won um, their five Super Bowls in that time frame. Um, but it's, it's why they have, you know, one of the most rabid uh, fan bases. Mm-hmm. In the National Football League is why they have the largest female fan base in the National Football League. You know, uh, partially, it, I mean, they, they do get some help because there's no basketball team in Pittsburgh, but football still, I mean, it, it it's still king for the most part. And they have just a fantastic organizational culture. And you look at that. And they're consistently good. Like, they'll have a couple bad years here and there. But I, mean, I don't think Tomlin's ever had uh, a season where he didn't win at least, like, seven or eight games. Yeah, I think eight's the number. Yeah, I think eight's the lowest, the lowest he's ever, you know, had. I think I think the same was for, like, Cower. I don't think Cower lost – ever had a season where he lost more than eight games, something like that. Like, they're consistently always good. And, uh, and that's based upon, and that's top down. Uh, and the Roonies were innovators amongst ownership in the NFL. And that means something to the, the, the success you can have. Uh, I do say, however, they got gifted that Super Bowl against Seattle. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I contend that they were gifted that because. I originally, I mean, I'm being a Steelers fan, I originally was rooting for them to win that game. And then I saw how poorly that game was being officiated. And then I changed to Seattle just because I was like, y'all, y'all are handing them this, this game. This is, this is not cool. Um, that year was 2005. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that year from a Washington fan's perspective. Okay. Seattle was in that Super Bowl. Yes, we lost to Seattle in that divisional playoff um, round. The reason that hurt so much is because I really think that that team was like built to beat the Steelers. I think we could have beaten the Steelers in the Super Bowl had we made it. I think the mm-hmm. Seahawks beat the um, forgot who they played in the championship that year, but nevertheless, um, Carlos Rogers, cornerback for the um, football team had a pick six in his hand in the third quarter that probably would have sealed the game for that team because they had Clinton Porters at the time. They yep. was eating clock. He had a pick six, dropped it. He dropped me. I remember he dropped that. I remember only, watching that. Only come to find out a few years later that his ass was jacked up 
he gets laser surgery and becomes an all pro in San Francisco. I'm like, dude, if you would have fixed your eyes when you were in college, <laughs> we probably could have had a Super Bowl. So I'm just, hey, I'm just saying it from a Washington fan perspective. But no, nah, respect to the Steelers, though. They they do their thing. I can't. They might even sneak in the playoffs this year. Who knows? Which is which is crazy because they could. <laughs> now, being that they lost to, to Minnesota, that likelihood is lower. But <laughs> but they still have a shot, like that, which, which is as wild because – They've played terribly all year. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's wild. Um, I can't speak on ownership as a Lions fan because my ownership's terrible, and we're not going to win any. We're not going to make the playoffs until the Fords sell the team wow. because they they don't care about winning. They they're making money because Lions fans still pack that stadium, no matter how poorly we play, and. As long as they continue to turn a profit, they're not going to make an, a concerted effort as ownership to try to win. Why would they? That's that's wild, and that's for as trash of, as a human being that Dan Snyder is. Unfortunately, I think that's the one thing that Washington fans universally can agree on. We might not agree with the method, but he does care about winning. It's just that he's trash at it, probably because yes. he's a Trash him. I'm not going to call him that anymore, but I'm, I'm, I'm just being real. I'm just saying. No, we, 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 we keep it real. <laughs> the, no, look, trust me. This isn't the first episode where we've trashed Dan Snyder. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dan Snyder has gotten absolutely zero love on this podcast, and I don't, I don't foresee that changing. <laughs> and this sucks because it's like you're, you're a fan of the team that he owns. Not only is he a bad person, but the team isn't winning. So it's like, literally, the only connection I have to this team is the fact that it's in Washington. So if he was to ever have the audacity to move this team from Washington, it's like a contingent. Uh, uh, you, he's, he would lose a very huge percentage of fans if Absolutely. he ever thought about moving this team from this area. Because I know I'm one of them. And I'll probably make sure everybody else leave with them too. Well, I, I think people would burn the city down if the team was moved like that. Oof. That would go. That would not go over well in any shape, form, or fashion. That would go. That would be crazy. No way. He he would have the audacity to p- propose it, but there's no way that they would let that happen. the The owner, other owners would shoot that shoot that proposal down in a second. I think yeah. the most extreme it'll get is I know that. They'll have a new stadium by 2027, maybe a year before, because that's where the contract at the parent stadium is over. Um, the most extreme thing is him building a stadium in Richmond, Virginia. I think that's like the most, the furthest away he'll get with moving the team. Outside of that, um, yeah, if it's outside of the DMV area, he's he'll moving yeah. it to Richmond. That doesn't make. I mean, not that I can talk, because for years, the Lions played in, in Pontiac. Um, so I thought I said from Detroit. Pontiac from Detroit? Uh-huh. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not close. It's not exactly close. Um, I'm trying to remember here. It's been a while. It's. Is it more than two hours? No, no, no. It's not that oh, far. Okay. No, no. It's, I mean, with traffic. That's about how far 
Richmond. Yeah, yeah, that's how far Richmond is. Yeah, I mean, it's from Pontiac from Detroit, roughly driving, it's not that bad. I mean, it's like forty-five minutes to an hour, and I can't imagine fans being okay with Richmond being the home. Oh, it'll be horrible. The traffic alone will be horrible. Yes. I want you to help me predict the college football playoff here. Um, we haven't predicted it yet here at Jig Nation, so help me out here. We've got number one seeded Alabama mm-hmm. versus number four seeded Cincinnati, and we've got number two Michigan versus number three Georgia. How do you foresee this college football playoff panning out here, Mike? Uh... I really, really would love to pick Cincinnati to beat Bama, but um, I just can't. I can't. And um, same with Georgia and Michigan. Like, it just – it seems like Georgia and Alabama is meant to meet for another rematch. Um, No disrespect to Michigan at all. They took it to Ohio State. Um, They took it to Michigan State earlier in the year, but – it seemed to bounce back for strong from it, but um, Georgia just looked like a wrecking crew the entire season. And um, I guess their kryptonite is Nick Saban. So unless Harbaugh and Saban's going to like trade jobs for a week or so, I don't think um, Michigan going to take them out. Unfortunately, because I kind of like Michigan. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so you've got Bama versus Georgia in the final. Okay. You're you're probably right. As a Michigan fan, obviously I'm rooting for Michigan. Um, and I think Michigan has a legit chance to beat Georgia. Um, Georgia's got a lot of talent. However, Georgia is also known for choking. folding. Yeah, yeah they're, they're known for choking. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 yeah they're known for choking. Because um, I think this was their best year to beat Bama. And they got manhandled. And Michigan, right? The thing about Michigan right now is, um, and I hate to say it because I don't want to, like, even though I don't believe in jinxes, I don't want to jinx anything as a Michigan fan. But Michigan's playing. Michigan's the hottest team out of those four right now. Mm. They're they're clicking on all cylinders, offensively and defensively. McNamara is playing extremely well at quarterback. The offensive line is demolishing everything in front of it. The running game is fantastic with Haskins and and Corum mm-hmm. and and nobody has been able to stop Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabu at defensive end uh they are just wreaking havoc the secondary is playing very well they're just they're clicking right now where Bama's good Georgia is good but they're not they're not clicking on all cylinders and neither is Cincy. So right now, Michigan is that most dangerous team because they could they could go out there and, and, and possibly steamroll Georgia. Mm. Uh, because I I'm I'm old school. And as a Midwesterner, as an, you know, old school football, I'm a Big Ten guy. Smash Mouth football is still the way you get stuff, you get things done. And when you have a line that is big, strong, and athletic like Michigan's is, I don't see how Georgia is going to be able to 
to stop that ground attack from from moving the football and eating up the clock. And I don't think Georgia has the defensive line to to handle what they're going to do running wise. Um, since he needs a miracle, if they're going to beat Bama, I mean, let's just you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, since he needs a, a flat out miracle to beat Bama, um, I would love to see it. Though. I mean, it would be fun to see. Um, I would love to see you know them pull a. Uh, a Boise State versus Oklahoma type of game win. That would be dope, uh, especially because I don't like Saban. But, um, you know, there's <laughs> Saban is Saban and Bama's Bama. And I just don't I don't see Cincy winning. And they've eked out too many close games against below par. Right. I think you know, competition. they struggled against um, Navy. They barely right. beat Navy, who already and, just stumped the day. <laughs> no, no, Navy won today. Oh, what? Yeah, Navy won. Oh man, Navy what? won. Yeah, my, my mid my midshipmen won today. Uh, got the wrong word or something? I'm pretty. That's yeah, I saw the, the mid said Navy won. Unless I misread that alert. Man, my sure. my apologies. Yeah, Navy won. The defense played today. Oh shoot. I don't know where I got that from. Maybe I was looking at I don't know. Anyway. But anyway, they since he shouldn't struggle with that team and still make the playoffs. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, oh like, yeah. Yeah. You you're, you're not really you're not allowed to struggle. Yeah. If you're struggling against I mean but how how you know, yeah, if you're struggling against it's not like they're a ranked Navy team either. Um you know, Exactly. Is, you know, this, <laughs> that's not this, even the good Navy team. Right, yeah. I mean, this this isn't like one of those years where Air Force is ranked twenty three or something like that, and you know someone almost loses to them or whatever. Um, yeah, this this Navy team is, yeah, they're not that great. That's what's um, up. I'm happy. For yeah, yeah it, I mean, Na- Navy wins most <laughs> of the time anyway. Right. You know, Army had this little hot streak, but you know, most of the time Navy wins. Uh, and you mentioned the you know Michigan State. Beating Michigan, which um, which always hurts for me because you understand my mother is a Spartan. Oh, yeah. So the and uh, my 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 uncle John he's a Badger. My mom's a Spartan. My cousin Kevin's a Buckeye. Mm. So oh yeah, I have some wars. Yeah. So the college football season, basketball season. My goodness. Yeah, so the college football season is very full of a lot of angst, a lot of trash talk um, <laughs> during during the season. And, I mean, Michigan should have won that game. And I'm frustrated they didn't. But the best player, the best overall player was Kenneth Walker III. And even though Michigan has the better team, they just they couldn't stop that player. And they'd be number one playing Cincy right now had they won that game. And it's like, but I'm not, but Michigan State is a ranked team and they're a good team. So even though they lost, it's not like they struggled against Navy or the other teams. And I forget what, I forget what, since he played, aren't they, are they still in Conference USA? I don't even know what conference they're playing anymore. What is it? At the Athletic Conference now? Yeah, something like that. I forget what they, <laughs> what they changed the name to. Like, it's, not like they, it's not like they play anybody, you know? They, they, they don't, they don't. They don't, they don't play anybody that's worthy. It's not like they beat, 
you know, Notre Dame or something like that. Like, you know, your, your, your schedule's pretty weak. I think that's the one team they did beat Notre Dame. They beat them. Yes, they did beat Notre Dame, actually. And I'm saying that. I, that's think, I don't saying. think it's nobody else, though. Them yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think they surprised Notre Dame with week two or three or something like that. Um, and that, and that, that kind of what that, that irks me about college football a little bit because you can, like, come into the season highly ranked and, like, because they came into the season ranked fourth and they beat the fifth seeded team. And everybody just started losing but them. So it's like they never even got past being the fourth best team, even though they went undefeated. And that's why I think that's, that's true. the only that's the only um excuse I'll say for expanding the playoffs past the four teams. Because if you I think Michigan State is in the top eight. You put a team like Michigan State, um, who else was around? Oh Miss and some other team, like you put them extra four teams and and the chances of Cincy winning decreases because of the talent that they have. It's as simple as that. So oh, that's yeah. the only I mean, reason I would say expanded the eight because this team's definitely better than on the Bearcats. Oh, no yeah. I mean, I mean, if you had top eight, I forget what the rankings were, but Ohio State, I don't think they fell out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I hate them, but they're still good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. You made a great point because I forgot how high since he was ranked at the beginning of the year. Right. And you look at it, Michigan wasn't even ranked beginning of the year. And now and now we're ranked number two. I, like that's that's my only beef with the ranking system. Like if you start high and other teams lose and you don't really prove yourself, you kinda just get in by default, so to speak. And it's kinda lame in my opinion. But anyway, shout out to them. Hopefully they pulled off the upset and I have crow on my um face. Hey, hey, I'll I'll gladly eat the crow <laughs> if they beat Bama. I mean, shh. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I just don't think this is going to happen. Uh, but if it does happen, I will be very excited because I I fully believe Michigan uh, can beat Georgia. Um, the likelihood, the odds, the odds are probably in Georgia's favor. But I think my prediction is, is a Michigan win because of their momentum right now. And, you know, beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten, champ, the, you know, the, their first uh, Big Ten championship since you've had a Big Ten championship game. Um, oh. Yeah, ever since the – because, well, they've won the Big Ten title, obviously, lots of times. But since the well, implementation – those teams. Yeah, yeah since, since, the, since the implementation of the championship game, this is their first one uh, winning since the implementation of that. And that's only still, like – that's like eight years old. Like it's still like brand new. So they're, they're riding high off of that. And they destroyed Iowa, which is another good football team, you know? Uh, so the Turks got caught up in that storm too, at some point this year. Right. Um, yeah. We'll never see the big 10 championship. So I'm cool <laughs> with that. I mean, you, you were getting better. Um, that DJ Durkin hire, unfortunately, didn't pan out for y'all. Um, but I thought Loxley would fare better. And I know it's only, like, his second year, especially COVID. His first year was kind of wild. But um, I don't know, man. You're, Maryland, Maryland's about – the Terps are, are – it's a basketball school. What, but what always frustrates me 
is that the players, <laughs> the best players, go to other schools and like kill. And I'm like, if all of y'all would stay in Maryland for like one cycle, maybe we could compete for a national title. But nah. Even um the dude from um, Gonzaga, he went to Oklahoma and is killing it. <laughs> like replaced Spencer Rattler and started killing it. And I'm like. Y'all think the Turks can use some of that? Recruiting, you know, you got to you got to give them a reason to come. I I, I always tell the players like I I get it, I understand why I leave. I I wish I would have left too, but I I get it. I'm not mad at y'all. <laughs> like you have to be a heck of a salesman to be able to get these people to commit to come to your school. They, you, you got to be able to pitch that school and the benefits of going there, and that's what you know, hurts me about Alabama. Like, it's Alabama. It's, <laughs> like, I mean, they they are the pipeline right now. If you want a shot at the NFL, they are the pipeline right now. Let's move to let's move to the hardwood. Uh, last week, uh, well, that well, not last week, this week. This week, our Detroit, my Detroit Pistons played oh, your yeah. Washington Wizards um, in a very entertaining overtime game. It was entertaining. Um, unfortunately for me, my Pistons lost, but I expect that because we're not good. Um, but Kate Cunningham played well, and that's that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to you, Mike: Which of our two teams wins their next NBA championship first? Pistons or Wizards? Who's closer? I mean, it's easy for me to say the Wizards now because we just so happen to be playing well at the moment. But, I mean, historically speaking, just like Washington football team, the Wizards haven't won a, uh, had a 50-win season since, like, the 70s. I'll take that before a title. <laughs> like, no, well, I think they won 50 in the – the I'm last, you. the last, I think the last, the last year they had C Web and Jawan. I think they won fifty I'm in the nineties. We never got to it. We got the forty nine in two thousand seventeen with um, the bum Scott Brooks. We got the forty nine in two thousand seventeen. That was actually a fun season. We took um, Boston the seven in the second round, but um, no, since like seventy nine, I think we. We haven't had a fifty-win season, and that was—I could have swore C. Webb and Jawan no. and Scotty Skiles had fifty wins. You would think, but that's really—that's just our—that's our luck. Like, I, and I know the season you're talking about. I think you're talking about the '97 season. Got yeah, the, when, the when they played the, the Bulls round. in the first round. Yeah, um, yeah. I, no, Jordan was think, like, "This is the team of the future." Uh, so that was the curse, I guess. <laughs> but, nah, like, well, I mean, well, you you can't you can't I mean, you can't be too bad. Like that team had some talent on it. Um, I don't. Okay, I do know what happened. Um, Chris Webber kind of became like he started going wild, basically, and a Poland being the uh, um, I don't know what to call him. He he was just a nice person. And he didn't want any of that that type of culture around his franchise. And that's when they traded Weber to the Kings. Yeah. And the rest is history. So oh, you're right. They only, they only won 44 games that year. 
Yeah, that, that's just our luck. Like you would think. I don't even remember who else was on that team. They had Dan okay. Wallace was on that team. Yeah, he was. Team. Y'all had y'all had Hot Rod running the point. Mm-hmm. You had Jawan Howard, mm-hmm. Chris Weber, Calvin Cheney. Okay, that's what was running. Jaron Jackson, Harvey Grant on the bench. You still had Jorge Mirasan. Um, you had Tim Legler to stretch the court. Tracy Murray off the bench. I remember Good, good, good bench player. Chris Whitney, a good backup point guard. And Ben Wallace at power forward on uh, his rookie year. I couldn't win 50 games. Yeah, wow. I, I, I could have swore that team won 50 games because they were nice. I think um... – no, that wasn't that time. I think um, Strickland was with the Blazers when he uh, had got caught with the uh, marijuana. Yeah, but, he was important um, then, yeah. But, yeah, like, it, that's just my luck. So, based on history, I'm going with the Pistons because they've had down eras and came back and won the championship. So, I'm going to go with them because just based on history. And like you said, um, Kay Cunningham's a beast. I only saw about – Three minutes of the overtime, that whole game, that's all I saw was three minutes of the overtime. And he was just cooking Gafford. Like, it was, he was just cooking him. I'm like, who is this dude? And I'm like, oh, that's Kay Cunningham. This dude is a beast. <laughs> like, he was cooking him. So, if y'all can build around him, hey, like, like I said, history says that the Pistons is going to win it before the Wizards. I'm hoping that's true. Um, like we, and, and we, we've got, we've got, time, so. we've got three championships, and each time the best player on our team was the point guard. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas for the first two, and then Chauncey Billups for the third. So, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the past lends to the future, and if Cade's our our best player at the point guard, we can get, you know, some players to to complement him because. I don't think Jeremy Grant is that player. Um, and nothing personal against Jeremy Grant. I just don't. Right now, Jeremy Grant's our best player, and I think Kate Cunningham needs to be our best player for us to to move forward. Um, it's just too, yeah, Jeremy Grant's not that dude. Um, better than his daddy, but he's not that dude. Another person, another personal Harvey, because Harvey was on that squad too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Wizards fan, they've been trying to, like, trade for him. And I'm like, don't we got enough wings already? Like, like Y'all got a lot of wings. Do we need any more wings? <laughs> like, please. Well, can, can, you, can you get him to stay healthy? You need him to stay healthy is what part of the problem is. I don't know what the Wizards' problem is right now, man. Like, they started off, all right, um, I think they were 13 or 3, they were first 16 or something like that. And, like... It's just, I think they're five and eight in the last 13 or something. Like, they, it just seemed like the franchise can't seem to get it together. Like you said, mm. that, that team in the 90s should have won 50 games. Absolutely. They, they, they were six games off. <laughs> um, the 2017 definitely should have won 50 games, and they somehow didn't. Um, Made it to the second round and almost the champ- the conference championship, but couldn't win fifty games. So um, yeah, yeah like I'm I thinking. Said, I'm thinking like Gil, Gil and Karan and, and Anton didn't win fifty games. Like that just seems weird. <laughs> and then it seemed like every time 
the Wizards get good, there's like this astronomical force that becomes that gets in the way. Like in the nineties it was the Bulls. Um the first playoff round, they ran in the shack in the heat. Um with Wade in them. And that was cool and whatnot. And then when they get wall, they ran into LeBron. Actually they ran into LeBron twice now that I think about it. They ran into LeBron uh, yeah, mo- multiple times they managed LeBron, which Brett brought out my my favorite quote, um, playoff quote from Brendan Haywood when LeBron was complaining about rough treatment from the Wizards, and Brendan's like, "LeBron's going there, like he, they trying to hurt me." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, and that was the um, the era of the crab dribble. Yes, um, I was. I was a processor. I was my crab dribble. Yo, what? Um, and I I couldn't remember because like I had this disdain for LeBron for years, and I couldn't remember why until I realized, oh yeah, we were the first team that had to go against this dude in the playoffs, and he like put us out two years straight. That's why I like the dude. Yeah, so, and and, and um, it was ice cold when he went to Gilbert and did about to shoot them free throws and was like, don't miss now. And Gil brick both of them, because uh, that would that would ice the series for y'all. LeBron has torched the Wizards um, in his career. It's, the last time it happened was when he was with the Cavs. Um, I think Bill or Wallace, somebody had the three point to go up by two, and he gets the ball and shoots a three point fadeaway bank shot for the win, and I'm like. Did this dude just do this? <laughs> Had to pull the John Starks off. Like, did this dude do this? Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. And yeah, like after that, I was like, yeah, he the king, man. Like, he touched my franchise, so I can't. I gotta give him this credit, man. Um, I'm, I'm looking. I just, I'm, I could have swore they have one more. Forty-five games was the most they won. They had it forty-five in the o four o five season. And then they couldn't. So stories. it was one year during that um, that arenas era. It was one year where I thought we really was going to like compete for the title, and everybody got injured. <laughs> Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson, Gilbert Arenas, like everybody got injured, and we ended up losing in the first round, I think. But yeah, I think we were the. If we didn't have the best record in the East, we were, like, the second best record in the um, East at the All-Star break. And I remember um, Eddie Jordan coached that game, I think. So we had to have the best record at the break. That would have been the 07-08 season. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, when when Karab Butler, I think Butler was injured first. I was like, oh, man, here we go. And then that's when Arena had that catastrophic injury. And I'm like, wow, like this really just happened when we finally got this good. Everybody just get injured this badly. It's, um, yeah, because Gil only, same, Gil only played uh, 13 games that season. And um, the um, I'm trying to think. Oh, it was another year when John Wall had injured his hand in the first round. Um, we swept the Raptors, I think. He injured his hand in the beginning of the second round. 
and we ended up losing to the Hawks in six. And that was a series we should have won um, if Wall was healthy. So, like, every time things seem to go right, something just happened. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that happening right now in this year after that hot start. <laughs> like, something just started. To, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the offense or the defense or what, but – now there's these grumblings of trying to trade Bradley Bill and Bill saying he don't want to commit. And yeah. Well, I mean, I would trade Bradley Bill as well just because, I mean, it's you're probably not, about that time. I mean, you're not going to, you're not, you're not close to winning. And, you know, if you're going to, you need to get something from him before he, you know, before he just walks. Like you need to get something in return. So, you know, the time to trade him is, is now. Uh, you know, I, yeah, you know, he if he's, he's not committing, there's a difference between um, what Dame Lillard was doing in Portland. Like, he was like, I'm down with it, I'm ready. Like, if I'm staying, like, you ain't gotta worry about me leaving. He might be singing a different tune now, but back then, he was clearly committed to Portland. Right. Bill was never that committed to Washington. No, no, <laughs> and, and I, I, I understand, I understand why. I wouldn't hold any like ill will towards the organization. Like it's just time. It's like, time. They got yeah. lucky trading Wall, and then I don't know how the heck they got that Westbrook trade off. But um, it's time. To, it's time to do it again. That, that was a blessing. That 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 Lakers Wizards should, trade was a blessing. Shouldn't have taken Westbrook on to begin with. That made zero sense. I was like, what? Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in the same backcourt? That don't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, that trade didn't make sense because it was like, well, Westbrook, the same player. And then I found out we were giving away a first. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're giving up the first pick. And then I found out it was a conditional first that they'll probably never get. So I was like, oh, cool. So I was cool with that trade. But I'm talking about the Lakers. I, I have no idea what what the heck they were thinking pairing Westbrook and LeBron together. It was never going to work. They were, they're, they're, they, LeBron asked for it, so they wanted to make him happy. It was never... I, I love Westbrook. His intensity is ridiculous. Like you, He has willed us the wins last year. Like I'll never doubt that. He willed us the wins. But my goodness, when you're talking about efficiency, it gets no more inefficient than Russell Westbrook. And you, you try to pair learn. him... But the king of efficiency, it was never going to work. Well, the thing is, oh, no, LeBron's not that efficient. I mean, he's efficient pretty much, but he's not that efficient. Remember, he, he, him, and I think him and Russ are like number one and two in turnovers. Like these are two guys who are always turning the ball over. So you you give, you, you put the the highest turnover guy with like the third or fourth highest turnover guy, and they both have to have the ball in their hands to be effective. It, I know people were saying, oh, well, LeBron's going to play off the ball more this year and this and that. LeBron's in year 18, and he and he's never played off the ball. He doesn't know how to. He's, 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 it's not – and it's too late to learn how to – he's never played off the ball. He doesn't know how to. If LeBron learned how to play off the ball in the Miami days, then we'd be talking about something different, and he'd be more dangerous of a player having someone like Russ with him. But they had to tell him to take over at that time. They were like, yeah, it's your team, dog. And then that's when they started winning. 
Well, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, as far as it being his team, but he, I, I personally, Le, LeBron's biggest problem to me as far as why he hasn't won more is because LeBron's always been the system and not part of a system. So, like, like when Jordan was, you know, racking up, you know, all those points early in his career and he wasn't winning, it's primarily the system that um, that Coach Collins was running was just to put the ball in Jordan's hands and everybody get out of the way. He was the offense. When Phil Jackson took replaced him and implemented the triangle with Tex Fincher, Jordan had to become part of the offense. He was still the focal point but he had to fit within the team strategy and that made him more dangerous. It took the ball out of his hands. It, it made the, you know, the point guards and Paxton and BJ Armstrong have to do their job and defenses have to respect them um, for their positions. And then they couldn't all, all collapse on Jordan where they wanted to. And which made, which made pretty much the only team really capable of slowing Jordan down the Pistons. And that's why, it looks like the Pistons were so special with the quote-unquote Jordan rules because they were the only ones who were able to play and be effective against him where everybody else wasn't able to because they they had to play more honestly uh, against the the teammates because of the because of the system so if LeBron had played within a system whether he's the focal point as a scorer like Jordan or whether he was the point guard like if he plays within the system and not everything running through him, he, I, I fully believe they win more. I fully believe that if he'd have been the point, he would have been the Magic Johnson on that Miami team, and he'd have been the point, and you had Flash at the two, and they get maybe Battier plays the three, Bosch at the four, and someone else at the five, and, and Mario Chalmers plays the backup point guard, and they fit within those roles. And LeBron, instead of averaging – you know, almost 30, LeBron averages 22, 12, and 10. Mm-hmm. And he has a point guard's mindset. I think they win four straight. Yeah. That, when you're saying that um, about the player in the system, it made me realize, well, not realize, it made me think about um, when KD joined the Warriors. Everybody was so concerned that um, he was playing with Stephen Clay. And I'm like, Nah, that's not the problem. The problem is the system that he's going to. Like, if everybody was already killing it in this system, and you put the best player at that time in the um, in the world in this system, that's what the problem was. It had nothing to do with Steph and Clay. It was that system. Because you saw it even when, when KD got injured. Like... It wasn't like the Raptors beat the brakes off the Warriors. They were still fighting because, like, that system was deadly. And look at them now. Back again. Yeah, man. <laughs> a system. And, 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 and look who's filled the, the spots. Jordan Poole. Right. Gary, Gary Payton II. Like, we're, we're not talking about superstars here. We're talking about young players who've worked hard and they've developed and they're improved. Like, uh, Wiggins. The, the, the king of underachievement, you know, within within that system. But So I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to tell you who told me, but I do know that when Otto Porter was in Chicago, mm-hmm. like, 
he was starting to feel himself, basically. Like, he was, you know, doing too much outside partying and whatnot. Man, when I say that him landing in Golden State may have saved his career, I really mean it. Oh, I don't doubt it. Dude, he reminds me of the auto that I saw when I first, uh, when the Wizards first drafted him out of Georgetown. Like, that's the auto. I thought he would get a 3 and D auto that was, like, just chaotic all over the floor making plays. So even though he's not, like, a top five or whatever in the Warriors, like, I can't wait to see him in the playoffs because I know, um, yeah, that dude, he's about it. And um, it's nice to see him save his career. Absolutely. It was bad. (laughs) I ain't going to lie, it was bad. Well, you know, organization, that organization – they they are they're about winning. They they got their taste of winning, and they understand the structure that it takes. And why would you why would you deviate from that while you still have great players, you know, and you're still within a championship you know attaining win, window. And that team is super deep right now. It's crazy. Super deep. It's crazy. Like you said, Gary Payton the third. I think he was. Um... At the, with the Wizards at one point. I may be mistaken, but I think he was with the Wizards at one point. I think he might have been with them one, at one point, yeah. He he wasn't someone now. <laughs> like, no. I, I barely knew about the dude when he was with the Wizards. I think he was here for a short while. Um, I barely knew about the dude. So to see him go to the um, Warriors and, um, like, and I don't mean to go off topic a little bit, but. That's okay. Um. Have you been paying attention to the Hornets? Yeah. Um, I've been watching They're, the Hornets a bit. That team is nice. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. That team is nice, man. Well, it's 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 about time. Top to bottom, like that team is nice. Like they got a nice mix of young and old too. I don't know how it will work, like in the playoffs and whatnot, but yeah, that's a team as a Wizards fan being in the same division, I'm definitely terrified of them. Like, them and the Heat, those are two, like, legit teams you do not want to play in the playoffs. It's going it's to be interesting because they've got talent. They've, um, Like you said, they've got a mix. Um, they've got a, a nice balance. Their, their problem come playoff time is going to be lack of experience um, because none of these guys really have any experience come playoff time except for Gordon Hayward, and that's not much playoff experience right. from him. You know, that's like a couple first-round losses. Um, and I think they're all like sweeps. And, oh, wait, well, well, Terry Rozier had a little exposure in Boston, but that was, you know, one conference finals. Um, so I think he's been the, the farthest out of any of them. But the rest of them, you know, you know, Ish Smith, PJ, um, you know, Kelly Oubre, Miles. Um, that's what made me bring up the horn is Oubre. Um, he's having a nice season, potential um, six man of the year. Um, yeah, and another for, another group. former wizard. Exactly. <laughs> like who who was with the Warriors at one point too. Um, yes, that's so, true. Like it's that's what I'm saying. Like if that's how it is with the Wizards, send Demi Apia to the Warriors like now, so he can become the best player that he could possibly be because. I just feel like they're wasting him like they wasted everybody else. Like, this dude came into the league talking about Optia with Luka comparisons. And Scott Brooks turned this yeah. dude to a spot-up shooter. 
I'm like, oh, I was done with the season last year early because of that. I was like, you, he's doing what? Shooting what? Nah, I can't with him. No, Scott Brooks was not the coach for, for that team. He was Scott not Brooks not the coach, coach for anybody. <laughs> I'm just being real with y'all. <laughs> Ask a Thunder. If y'all believe me, talk to a Thunder fan. Well, I mean, there's it's it's funny because you know who Scotty Brooks reminds his coaching tenure reminded me of uh, of Brian Hill because <laughs> from, the, uh, from Orlando, yeah, yeah. For the magic. yeah, because you you get you get this job and you are blessed with you know Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, James Harden. And and some other talent, you know, a certain you know, Ibaka, and you've got all this talent, so you look good as a coach because you're in it. And Brian Hill was blessed to get a job where he had Penny and Shaq and Dennis Scott and you know and Nick Anderson to make him look like he knew what he was doing. Oh, you talking about his first run with Orlando? I was thought yeah. you was talking about the uh, the second one. No. <laughs> I forgot he did have two stints with them. I'm thinking, okay. So like you, you, so you, you, they, you look great because you were blessed to get the job, and then, boom, you got all this talent. But then when things start to get tough, people realize you can't coach. At least not on this level. And Scotty Brooks showed in Washington. He ain't got it. And when Brian Hill left Orlando and he was coaching elsewhere, people saw it. he ain't he ain't got it. It sucked because in Washington, he was in a similar situation as, as he was with Oklahoma. The talent just wasn't as great. But he still had a team of, um, well, once again, I'm not saying they're as good as the Thunder, but uh, Marcin Gortat, um, Bradley Bill, John Wall, uh, Otto Porter. Oh and, yeah, there was um, talent. On the like that, that starting five was killing stuff in 2017. I remember they had a run in um, February from the uh, middle of January to the end of February 2017, where they I'd never seen a Wizards team play that well. And I know Scott Brooks was the coach, but I'm telling you, I never seen the Wizards team ball that well. It was because it was them. It was the players that was making spectacular plays. Right. Anytime, anytime Brooks had the coach, anytime, it's a guaranteed L. Like, um, I, I, I lied to you not. I saw a tweet where the Wizards' former video assistant said that he handed Brooks um, Randy Whitman's defensive schemes from the year previous. Mm-hmm. He handed them tape. It was like eight hours worth of tape, I think he said. Scott Brooks said, I'm going to look at them. He said by the end of this uh, day, Scott Brooks had removed basically the entire defensive scheme from the year before. Where did the Wizards finish defensively that year? In the bottom third of the league <laughs> after finishing in the top third the year before. So wow. like yeah, that's the type of coach I had to deal with. And it's not like they were like, I mean they were forty one and forty one the year before Sky took over, like yeah, be one. Then they got to forty nine, right? Then they got to forty nine, and then yeah. nothing since then. <laughs> yeah, they peaked out at the forty nine, and like Wall started getting injured, and and that going back to that trade for a second, that's what made that trade 
wild for the Rockets. Wall had only played like ten games in two years. Yeah, like they I was, must, I couldn't believe they must have really thought that he was going to come back with some type of vengeance or something. I, I didn't, I didn't understand, I didn't understand that trade at all. Like that, I think that those two trades may have saved the franchise because if they had to um, stay under that super super max deal for the next three years, they wouldn't have been able to get a Montrez Hurl or a Kyle Kuzma. That, that's um, that's by far the worst deal in the league right now. Is, is that John Wall deal by far? And, and kudos, to his, kudos to his kudos to his agent for being able to pull that off because that's why they make the money they make. Nah, kudos to Ernie Grunfield for making that decision. <laughs> that dude, like, oh, ask any basketball fan who's the worst GM in the last twenty years and who's the worst coach in the last twenty years. You'll get a couple of Ernie Grunfield and Scott Brooks um, in those answers. I had to deal with both of them dudes, man, at the same time. It was horrible basketball in the DMV for that. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where we are now. I know we're not, like, trending. I mean, but, but, can you really, but can you really say they're the worst when, you know, you, you made to the second round of the playoffs in 2017? And the next year you made the playoffs. Yeah, you lost. To, you know, in the first round, but the next year you made the playoffs with both of them as coach and, and executive. Like, I know it's not in trend the way you wanted it to, but it could, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. But I, I felt like the reason why, though, was because of the picks that he made were kind of like no miss picks, like with Bill Wall and Porter. And like, okay, for well, that's, example, that's, that's the executive's job. The executive's job is to get the talent. The coach for is example, the one who's supposed to put it together. This the 2017 season. Let's go yes. back to that season. Yeah, we won 49 games or whatever. But in the midst of that season, he traded a first round pick and another player to uh, I forgot who Bogdanovich was playing for. But he basically traded away a first-round pick and, like, a crucial player for a half-year rental. And, like, it did not work. Bagdanovich did not, like, come here and set stuff on fire. He walks in the free, um, in the offseason. We get nothing in return. That happened in the 20, 2017 season when we were – when we won 49 games. Now, imagine seeing that same move happen every single year for, like, a four-year stretch. We kept trading our first-round pick for a half-year rental. The Wizards well, kept doing that. Yeah, you did do that for a while. I mean, <laughs> the Wizards. I don't see, I, but see, I don't – I mean, yeah, it was it was a rental. And they were, I think they were hoping Bogdanovich would stay. But honestly, it's not yeah, like you lost much. But, but it's not like you lost much. I mean, you traded away Andrew Nicholson. Marcus Thornton and the 2017 first rounder, which ended up being becoming Jared Allen, okay, you know, for, for for Bojan and Chris McCullough. So that wasn't that bad of a trade. And you, you know, sometimes you roll the dice um, on these deals. And Bojan's the best player out of all those mentioned. He just ended up not staying. I think it was the Ubre trade that I'm mixing up with that trade. We traded Ubre to Phoenix. You did for trade Ubre to Phoenix. Um, was it Ubre on the first for a reason? 
I believe, th- I think that's the deal you're probably thinking of because I remember they wanted to get a reasons, reason for his experience or something like that. And this was the second stint. So, yeah, it was that trade. That's the trade I'm thinking about. When we trade an Uber for a reason. That's the trade I'm thinking about. And even Granfield, like, and the fact that he was here for 16 years and, like, Yeah, still Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers to Phoenix for a reason in 20, 2018. Like, yeah. Those type of trades happen a lot under Granfield, man. Like, where we would just give up, like, a valuable piece for a half-year rental for no reason. Like, we were well, at con- And then that same season, that you traded Otto to Chicago for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Um, you just had to remind me about that. I forgot about that. And poor, poor Jabari, he, you know, he just never, never could stay healthy. Him and Michael um, Porter, them two dudes. Well, um, but yeah, but, but Porter was a health problem in college. Even like, I, I don't, I, I knew like, you look at me, see the talent, but it's like, can this dude stay healthy? And at least, at least Jabari played a full season at Duke. You know, we we couldn't see any full seasons out of out of uh, Michael in college at Missouri at all. Like he's he played, always he always played one season in the NBA, got the bag, and then so, broke his back again. <laughs> Completely got a massive bag. I'm like, for what? He ain't do nothing. Like broke his back I'm again. Like, yeah, that was a gamble. That was immediately. <laughs> that that was a worse deal than the Chandler Parsons deal. Like at least Chandler had like a couple good seasons where it looked like he was going to be something, you know, a consistent something, and not just hey, Is this he guy still in made. The no, nah, he ain't in the league anymore. No to say that, that bum's not around. But he he had three four years where it was like Chandler was a really good, a really solid role player. Mm-hmm. Then he got that bag with Memphis and he turned into nothing. <laughs> flat out, but yeah, but but Michael, man, he's just one year got got that massive deal. I don't get it. But hey, my, more power to these play, more power to these players <laughs> for, for be able to get these bags like this because um, it's wild out here. Speaking of bags, it costs a bag nowadays to to have nice kicks and. We talk about sneakers a lot on this show. If now, before I ask this question to Mike, I want y'all to understand that Mike is like my new best sneaker friend because he <laughs> lives the same hard life that I live. Mike also wears a size 18, so he feels every bit of my pain. And Lord, we—I just want to thank you for giving me a kindred spirit in this. Because it's painful. It is. Don't don't get me on um, trying to go. When, like when I first started wearing eighteen, going in the Foot Locker looking for a size eighteen, and everybody looking at you like, what? Yeah, yeah like, they act like they doesn't even exist. Like, oh, are you joking? That's not real. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Being so, being that you are in the Super Ultra Bigfoot Club. Um, if you had to rock one pair of sneakers and no other for an entire year, which ones would you choose? 
Um, probably the 13s, Jordan 13s, only because it had to be a specific color. So not the sky blues or anything crazy like that. Probably the basic black and white ones um, because it's a comfortable shoe. It's a very, the Jordan 13s are very comfortable. But also, I I love when I had the black ones. I love the little um, the specks of white on the side. Okay, like, it was just a fresh look, um, and it still is a fresh look. Like when they re-release those shoes, I'm gonna try my best to get them. But um, yeah, I I would say the Jordan 13s, black and white. Um, I think I can rock those for an entire year and won't get super annoyed. Now. Do I get the same shoe? Like, can I get new pairs of the same shoe? Or <sighs> do I have to keep that in one pair? I'm cool either way. I'm just trying to visualize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one pair is one pair. This, but this ah. pair doesn't. This pair doesn't wear out on you, so it's not. Okay, gonna, cool. So, so it's, it's not gonna, so yeah, it's the, the, the pair with the pair. Yeah, your fairy godmother blessed you with this magic pair that doesn't wear out. Okay, yeah, I would I would pick those because I definitely wore those out. Like I wore them out, literally. <laughs> you know, that, the thirteens are a great pick. I, I I had a pair of thirteens myself. Um, they were the black and uh, and like tan ones. So I, I I wore those as you know casual. Uh, they weren't they weren't for hooping. Those were for, for those were my first casual pair of J's that I ever bought um, for for casual wear. I will say, if you say you can't pick any um, any pair of Jordans, um, you can never ever go wrong with a pair of Air Force Ones. Like, oh, absolutely! Never. Yeah, like, never go wrong. If I couldn't pick Jordans, it'll probably be a pair. of, I know it's negative energy, but the black Air Force Ones, like when them things fresh, you can't beat them. They're unbeatable. A I don't care about the negative energy. Black Air Force Ones are just, they're a whole vibe. I love them. Like, there's, oh, they're so dope. Very underrated summertime shoes, if I must say so. so. Absolutely. And, and they are consistently affordable. Did they ever make it past $100? I, mean, I, think, I think they permanently said they're like they're forever. It's like forever under 100 See, that's a... I'm gonna have to buy my kids a pair, a pair of Air Force Ones when they get um, here. <laughs> See, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, I think I think for my uh, for my, my my youngest two are gonna be turning twelve in the spring. I'm thinking like I'm gonna get them each a pair of Air Force Ones. I think I'm gonna do the customizing thing um, and get them a pair of Air Force Ones because uh, I they're they're just you know they're just eternally dope. Now, I, that, there's one pair of shoes that I would pick, um, and they're not Jordans. And that's is a surprise for, for, for a lot of people because these are not super, um, they weren't super popular mm-hmm. shoes. I'm trying to remember the name of them, the model name of them. Um, I they were they, these these shoes were super light, super comfortable, uh, by Nike. Tim Hardaway rocked them, 
And let me see. Okay, so I have a picture of them, but these are signed for sale, but it doesn't say. So they weren't up tempos. No, they weren't up tempos. Um, they were. They were. They were in the flight. Um, the the flight family. I, I wish I knew what the official name was, but I'm looking at them right now, and I'm, they just bring back. One thing I loved about these, they had the, the ankle protection was great, and they were super light. They they felt, they almost felt like I was wearing socks. Is how light they were, compared, especially you know, you know, with with feet as big as ours are, um, the the shoes often you know they they're often heavy because there's so much more to our shoes and everybody else's um and certain like like the 12s for example they often feel clunky at on the heel because mm -hmm. of how they're designing such is and these these shoes these these flights were super light and i played i you know i think i was in like eighth grade i played some of my best ball rocking those shoes you know my eighth grade year and I I bought a, I bought two more pairs. It's um, not that shoe that um, it was like red with the yellow strings. No, nah, it was they were black. Um, they had and they had a it's kind of a it's kind of a funky um, design. You see here, this is that's, that's oh well. That is not a website I want to click on. Nope. Um, Nike Air Flight. So it's not the um, what the Air Bacon. Because that's the exact shoe I was thinking about. Air Bacon. No, I remember the Air Bacon. Um. I remember everybody had those shoes, the Air Bacons, man. I think they came out in the blue colorway, too, at one point. Elsewhere. They have it listed like, like Penny Warleys. I don't remember Penny ever wearing them, but this, I'll throw it in the chat here. Oh, that's the shoes on. That's the shoe. Super light. Oh, um, I remember these. Yeah, those shoes felt amazing. I bought a, I had bought a second pair in black, and I bought a third pair in white um, because they were just so comfortable. I, I Those are some shoes I wore out because I would okay. s stay hooping in those. Don't, don't beat me up, bro. Do not beat me up. My wife bought me a pair of Uggs. She bought me a pair of Uggs, size okay. 18, mid-cut Uggs. I, I didn't know such a thing would have been created. I didn't Listen, think they would cater to the our, our part of the market. Um, she got them off of, um, what's that? Um, one of those, it's not Marshalls, it's not. Um, Ross? It's not Ross, it's the Nordstrom's Rack. She got it off of Nordstrom's, Nordstrom's Rack. Really? Yeah, Nordstrom's Rack for like wow. $27 too. I say all this to say the hype is real. 
Those really? are some very. I don't wear those outside. Those are my house <laughs> slippers, bro. Like they keep my feet so warm. No socks. Okay, I'm lying. I do wear them outside when I go to um, the gas station or something. But I don't. I need. I don't need to put on socks. I throw on my sweats. I got my shoes on. Like I'm out the door. Hoodie. Feet feel wonderful. The the hype is real with Uggs. I'm a believer. I'm just gonna say that. Wow. Okay. If I see the if if I remember the link, I'm gonna send it to you, bro. I'm telling you. Oh no, no, no please don't do that. Cause I, 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 I get in arguments. My my wife just seems to think that she knows best when it comes to uh, slippers, and like I, I don't like slippers. I've never liked slippers my entire life. Yet for some reason, she decided to buy me slippers for Christmas like a year or two ago. Um, and she gets mad that I don't wear them. Um, I'm like, why would I wear something that that's not comfortable to me? Like, I don't like slippers. Um, so if if she saw that and saw that she would probably buy twenty seven dollar Uggs and try to guilt trip me into wearing them. And nah, nah, I can't do that. I'm, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> the only the only down part is that they're like tan. Like, if those were black, oh, man, I'd probably never take them off. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> that comfortable, huh? Wow. Yeah. But I'm not a shoe person either. Like, I hate wearing socks in the house. Like, I'm kind of a country boy. I like wearing um, no shoes, no socks. But, bruh, I'm telling you, things were nice and comfortable. And my wife liked to keep the house kind of cool, too. So my feet get kind of cool. But this winter, I'm not complaining. Not complaining because you got no your complaints. Uggs. I'm good. Size 18 with the fur inside. I'm, I'm about it. Wow. <laughs> that, 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 sounds like, that sounds like a hook on the song right now. Size 18 with the fur inside. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, snap. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, next question for you. Wrap up here. Give me one anime that you recommend people watch before any other? Okay. Usually, I would plug My Hero Academia right here, but I'm not going to do that this time. Haikaiyu. I'm telling y'all, it's about volleyball, but I promise you when I say it's the best, like, if you need, if you want to get into anime and you're not, like, used to the, the traditional style of anime, Akayu, highly recommended. Um, I think it's three seasons, maybe four now, but um, it should be on Netflix, so like, check it out. And um, yeah, very quality entertainment. If it wasn't an anime, I would probably still watch it. Like, if it was live action, I would watch it. It's that good. That's an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, I, I love Akayu. I think it's. I'm going to rewatch it. It's so good. It jumped into my, after watching the first season, it jumped into my top five sports anime uh, of all time. Like, it's it's excellent. I, I've only watched that. And, um, I only watched Haikaiyu from start to finish. So I think that's only the only technical sports anime I can recommend. But there was this baseball anime. It only had one season. Um, may say hi, but I think it was called Mix or something in my ex. But yes, Mix. The, okay, um, yeah. Um, it was so. It was 
it's wholesome. Like it's kind of wholesome. Like it was a okay. nice chill anime. Um, like I'm a sports head. Like uh, most of us are. So like it was baseball. The story was kind of um, nice. It was weird because. I'm not going to say that part, but you know, it was <laughs> it, it was like cause the family dynamic was kind of weird. Like it was a blended family. Um, okay, but yeah, it just seemed like the sister was starting to have feelings for the brother. They like never wrote it in the story, but yeah, some yeah that 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 don't happen. That that don't happen in anime. <laughs> like um, oh wait a minute, what is this? Yeah. but the baseball and the storyline is actually kind of fire. I'm mad that okay. it was only one season. Um, I'll probably read the manga. And now, speaking of manga, like, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but the manga of My Hero is just ridiculous. Like, seasons six through eight of My Hero Academia will be ridiculous, y'all. I'm telling y'all. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't spoil it, because I'm still playing catch-up on My Hero. I'm telling uh, y'all. But I'll definitely check out Mix. It's on my to-watch list on, it's a good uh, show, on Funimation. But I... I've watched a lot of sports anime, uh, baseball anime in particular as well, like um, like Diamond Oase, um, Princess Nine, um, Big Wind Up, which is one of my favorite sports animes. Um, I, I've I watched a, a good share of, of, of baseball anime there, but uh, mix, See. I'll definitely have to check that one out. I already got a backlog of shows, bro. Like, you can't be just throwing random sports anime at me. Just expect me oh, to got... <laughs> be okay, because, like, now I'm going to have to start watching those. And it's, it's, I have my backlog of shows. is just ridiculous right now. Oh, well, I mean, there's, I mean, if, especially if Haikyuu is, like, the only sports anime you've watched. I mean, brother, you got to you gotta catch up on Kuroku. Yeah, know, I was about to say, I never watched um, the... Um, Basketballs. Oh, oh, the well, slam dunk is like the OG of basketball anime. Um, it's a football joint too. I Shield. I Shield twenty one. I Shield twenty one. Yeah, oh, twenty one. Okay. I Shield twenty one. I've watched that one, and then uh, for boxing, there's uh, Hajime no Ippo. It's another one that's current. Um, a boxing one. Um, my nephews were watching. I can't remember the name of it, but I wanted to watch that one too. See, that's what I'm saying about my backlog. I got so much. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I want to. Honestly, sometimes I just want to quit. Like I'm not watching nothing ever again. It's that bad, man. Well, you just you got it. Well, you, you got to. It's hard because sometimes you want to dabble, and it's like you know what I've noticed myself when I'm tempted to watch rewatch something for like the 18th time that's when i'm like okay let me watch some let me let me check out one of these ones on my backlog because i'm about to watch you know watch you know full metal panic again i'm about to watch sword art online again or you know like all right i've watched this let me let me put something on something new on pay attention so like so when you're tempted to rewatch uh my hero academia again you know that's when you go go to your backlog and be like all right let's let, let's try. Let's try this one. Let's try that one. See, because I just said I was going to go watch I Got Heal again. And you're right. <laughs> you I probably know? should have started just watching something. But there's some other joints like Assassination Classroom. I actually like love that anime, but I don't even watch it because I'm so busy watching the other stuff. Honestly, the the biggest reason my backlog is so bad is because of sports. Like, 
that's a show that never stops. <laughs> like it's new episodes it's, every day, pretty much. You ain't lying. That that's one thing is when you like both, it's hard. Um, it's hard to track both of them. It's, so especially like well, for for you the, for those listening, um, this is just going to be a transition to our next. Uh, so this is our next area, which is our, our PWC, what are you playing, watching, or creating? Um, and we're already talking about watching, so we're going to stay on that track. And it's really tough when you like, you know, as a cheek and you I have all these broad horizons of, of things I like to watch. So I'm watching yeah. sports, you know. Um, you know, so like my, my lineup recently was I watch – you know, I, um, I watched Michigan win the the Big Ten championship on Saturday. I watched the Lions finally win a game on the, you know that next day on Sunday. You know, then I'm watching, uh, and then Monday, that Monday, um, season three for Lost in Space on Netflix dropped, and then I binged all that. I watched, I watched all of that. I and hate then, when they release it all that one. <laughs> I, I I watched all that, and then I'm watching. Um, and then I watched King Richard Tuesday night mm. on, on, on HBO, um, that out, yeah. and that was good. Will Will Smith, um, actually the whole time just Will Smith, the entire cast did an excellent job, and you know some of the stuff that we've seen over the the career of the Williams sisters, and even the the interview that where the reporter was like needling Venus and and Richard interrupted. I mean, it wasn't obviously exactly the same. They had it like outside in the movie instead of inside the house, but they, they, it was word for word how it happened to IRL. And they did a, they did a great job. Um, and they, I think they, and they did an honest job showing some of, um, some of, you know, the warts on, of, of Richard Williams. It wasn't all like, hey, you know, thanks to Richard everything was gravy some of the, they showed some of his you know his stubbornness and you know his unwillingness to to listen to you know to the tennis coaches or the inside tennis insiders that were giving him trying to give him advice on on what to do because um, there's there's things that he could have listened to and then leveraged things out better but you know we all know out in the end it, it worked out for them but it was it was it was good. And Will had a lot of uh, his manner, you know, Richard's mannerisms down, and uh, it was just a. Uh, he said the whole the whole cast was great. The uh, the girls um, that played, you know, the, the sisters and actually the girls that played all of the family members did did a great job. Um, it was it was it was cool. Um, what I did not, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but <laughs> I definitely encourage watching King Richard. It was definitely, definitely well done. Very well done movie. I saw that on um, HBO Max, so I'm going to check yeah, that's, out. Yeah, that's, that's where I watch on HBO Max, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that that was that was just the beginning of, like, that was weekend into the to Tuesday, and then, you know, I'm still watching general you know, anime stuff, and I'm trying, and I'm watching sports, and I'm watching Pistons Wizards game, and um, it's trying to, you know, I'm trying to, to, to get all this stuff in and it's, it's hard cause then new stuff drops and you want, and you want to, then you add that to your list. And, um, I had to catch up on, 
was just within the past couple of weeks, I, I I caught up on Shang Chi because I didn't I missed seeing that in theaters. Right. I caught up I caught up on Black Widow because I had missed right. seeing that. Um, and I'm in the same boat because Spider Man. I'm going to see that on Thursday at ten thirty, and I still haven't seen Shane Shao um, or um, Black Widow, or I haven't finished um, the um, what's my guy name Ah uh, uh, Loki. The Loki key series, or you never, that yet? never started oh. the um, Arrow series. I'm like way behind. Oh wow! Yeah, we Hawk. I mean, yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye is about to drop episode I four. I said Green Arrow, Hawkeye. Yeah, I, know yeah, I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Hawkeye just drops episode three on Wednesday. Um, I mean, Loki. Loki was good. Um, I know it, it was actually it was good. it was it, it was better than I expected it to be. Like I should say, I liked it more than I expected to like it, mm-hmm. and it was it was good. And Hawkeye is 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 panning out, panning out well, uh, so far. Also, uh, oh yeah, this. Well, I mean, I, and I, I'm caught up though. I'm caught up there, but I'm behind. Like um, Star Trek Discovery started its fourth season. I, I haven't I haven't seen a single episode. I'm behind on that. Um, yeah, you know, and then of course uh, I'm a I'm a fan, I'm a Manchester United fan. So every mm. time there's every time there's a game on, you know, it's in the middle of the day and I can't right. watch it because I'm working. <laughs> you know, it's it, it is tough to catch up with 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 so much, you know, content that just keeps coming out. I, but I'm I'm str- and then I and then I have to somehow find time to play video games. So like. Um, you know, so like I, honestly, I, I ain't gonna lie, Mike. Half the time, I will have some type of TV or show that it's it'll be on my iPad, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm playing Destiny on my TV at the same time as I'm watching. <laughs> I, I I tried to do that, but I got so overloaded, man. I'm like, I can't I can't enjoy the show and play the game at the same time. But I kind of game I probably kind of gave up on video games, bro. I'm, I'm only playing like. Madden and 2K, and I'm not. I didn't even buy this year's version. And my PlayStation 4 jacked up. And I'm like, I don't care. Just don't care anymore. Kind of over video games now, but um, that's until I get this PS5. I know once I get that, I'm gonna want that Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, I have it on the PS4, and it it looks amazing. And I've seen the images from the PS5, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. I forgot about Eternals. Gotta watch that too. Well, yeah. Well, you. I'm waiting because Eternals. They announced today that Eternals is going to be available mid January on Disney Plus, and it will be available at no extra cost. So, so I I said I got nothing to do with Spider Man. So I'm just I'm gonna wait for Eternals. Um, and I'll see Spider Man before I see Eternals. That's just that's just how that's gonna have to happen. <laughs> I, I'm. There's no. There's no way I'm waiting. I waited a long time for, um, far from home. So, I'm not waiting for for this one. Not not after all the hype and stuff that they pushed. Absolutely, there's absolutely no way I'm waiting. I'm looking at a list of the MCU movies and their um, Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eternals is the only um, Rotten Tomato. You know, 
I've I've heard um, a lot of I've heard a lot of good things. I've I haven't heard anything bad about it, IRL. Anyone everyone I know that's seen it have all have all said they liked it. Even people that you know felt like the um, felt like some of the you know societal parts and stuff that that felt that they were extra still like it's a good movie. Like there's you know I haven't heard anybody bash the movie. That's what's yeah. up. I'm gonna check so, it out too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm watching it. It's an MCU movie. They they even the ones I like a little bit aren't bad movies. Like, um, was, I'm, I'm sorry, they did one bad movie. Uh, Thor: The Dark World was a bad movie. That movie that movie was trash. Yeah. Um, but you know, Captain Marvel's not great, but it's not a bad movie. You know. Yeah, that was alright. Captain Marvel was alright. It was alright. I'm just. I'm I'm old school like, my, and my my favorite car- Captain Marvel is Monica Rambeau, and for me, if you were gonna introduce Captain Marvel, I didn't like retconning um, Marvel as a woman. There was no there was no reason to do that. You could have left Marvel as a man and have Marvel give, you know, give up his powers to to Carol Danvers, um, and have her and, and have her be Miss Marvel for a little bit in the movie before becoming Captain Marvel. But you know, you know this. You know, despite some nitpicky things, you know, that old comic book purists like myself do, it was it wasn't a bad movie. You know, uh, except for Thor, that you know, <laughs> they haven't had bad. They haven't had any bad movies. Like, I mean, I went to the movie theater to watch Ant Man. Like, if you told me in 1998 that <laughs> there would be an ant, that there one that there would be an Ant Man movie. I'd have laughed, and that I would go pay to see an Ant Man movie. I would have laughed. I'd have been because I mean I'd have been like Ant Man, like he's okay and all, but Ant Man movie, why? Who? Why would anybody go see an Ant Man movie? Like that. That same thing with Doctor Strange. I would. I'd have been like, who was gonna go pay to see a Doctor Strange movie? We're talking about like a C plus character here. Like, Like who's gonna go see a Doctor Strange movie? And that's wild because those were like two of my favorite movies. <laughs> like that first Ant Man. Like I love how like within the the somatic universe that Marvel's able to have their own type of um, film type. Like with Captain America, you have like this spy type film, like with um, Secret Service or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what they did with Ant Man and turned into a heist film franchise. I'm like, what? Who would have thought that that would be Ant-Man, that it would be a heist film franchise? But that's where they are, and two for two, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and I give I give the, the, you know, the MCU, you know, Kevin Feige, all the credit in the world because most he's taken mostly C-level characters, a couple, a couple Bs, um, and made them and gave and created all these standalone films for characters that twenty years ago, if you just said, "Hey, there's going to be a Black Widow movie," people would have been like, "Nah, nah, we're we're good." Like I mean, pe- people, people, yeah. were, pe- people were always going to be hyped for Avengers movies, you know, because that's the conglomerate. But before they started telling stories the way they did you wouldn't have convinced anybody 
just out the blue to go to see a Black Widow movie. If they had if they had the solo movie set up, the big conglomerate movie, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked. But being that they did the Avengers movie together and people saw how, um, and you used bigger names like Iron Man and Captain America to set that one up, and then you did the, the solo movies for the smaller names, if they did it in reverse, it wouldn't have worked. It was but, it was just wild to me that it started with Iron Man because I'm not in the comics like that. The only thing I knew about Iron Man, honestly, was uh, like from the cartoons, the Avengers cartoons, and whenever they mm-hmm. teamed up with Fantastic Four. Like I never would have thought that the MCU would start with Iron Man, even though the, in the comics that's how it started and whatnot. But I still never would have thought that this, that Iron Man would lead to this. That when, when did Iron Man come out? Oh eight, oh yeah, seven, something like that. I never would have thought yeah. that thirteen years later that I would be excited to see a Spider Man movie based off of what happened that year. Hey, it, it's it, it's crazy because Iron Man himself as a character was not. He was not an upper echelon character. Like Iron mm-hmm. Man's always been at the max of B level character. You know, Captain America, Spider Man. Um, Hulk have always been your like your top tier Marvel characters. Iron Man was always just you know you know a step you know a step below them, and they did a, a great job just create setting up a, you know the setting up the universe. And I remember it, it's it's, um, it's amazing that um, it's just yeah what they just watching what they've done. And the way they built the pieces, it, it's amazing. Like, it's tough to describe um, how you can have, you know, ten movies in pretty much a ten-year period, twelve-year period. Oh, and when did when did Endgame come out? Two years ago now. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Um, so like eleven. Yeah, it was two years ago now. So you've got you've got you know ten movies in like eleven years, and establish this entire, you know, universe in. And it worked, right? It worked past tense. It works because it's still going. You know, now we're in, this, we're in another phase of it. it. It's wild. I remember playing um, Marvel versus Capcom and using War Machine and Iron Man as two of my trio because of the big um, cannon gun that they used. It was a mm-hmm. good um, power move. Back then, nobody was picking Iron Man and War Machine like that. Like I was like the few. Everybody was picking Spider-Man, Wolverine, Hawk. Um, nobody was really rocking with Iron Man and War Machine. So, like, that's what that's a why lot I was people, surprised. I mean, I knew people who didn't know who War Machine was. I had to tell them. Exactly. Like, I'm like, no, nah, that's 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 James Rhodey Rhodes. He's the brother in the in the suit, and he was Iron Man for a little bit when when Tony had retired. And like like this, I'm because you know. I, I've been I'm a big comic I've been reading comics since the eighties, so um you know, I, I knew about that. But most people you know, it was crazy. What's even what's the craziest thing to me about the MC right now is that they've made not only take takes the C level you know, B or C level characters and some like Ant Man were like D characters. <laughs> um, but they but they're now their household names. Right. Like that that part just blows my mind that Ant-Man and the Wasp have their own movie, and that's a household name. You know, Dr. Stike, and it's a mainstream thing. Like, 
that's what's wild is that these characters that only big time comic book nerds knew about are now mainstream pop pop culture that that to me is just crazy how far how much has changed in essentially in in, in less than 20 years because they weren't popular those characters weren't that popular in 2008 2009 2010 in roughly 10 years those characters have gone from obscurity to mainstream pop culture and that's kind of what makes this potential fantastic for x-men joint so exciting because like you're kind of about to have this opportunity to mix the past with the present if that makes any sense it does a lot of a lot of the kids nowadays they didn't grow up on the x-men and fantastic four like we did so true they're about to get some like fire storylines that they've never seen before and that we've never seen before they better not mess up the X-Men and they they better do Fantastic Four right. I am so tired of these bad Fantastic Four movies, man. Uh, it hurts I my haven't heart. even seen the second one yet. Don't bother. It's <laughs> painful. It's so bad. And that one that fan four, that the one with Michael B. Jordan in mm-hmm. them. That's the second one. <laughs> horrific. Oh, it's so bad. It, it I, I couldn't even finish it. It's Dang. it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Sheesh. It's poorly written, poorly acted. It's just bad all the way around. Who was the uh, main villain in that joint? Uh, Victor Von Doom. Oh, they messed up a Doctor Doom. How you mess up? Well, he a wasn't fully. He, but he wasn't fully Doctor Doom yet. It's it's just a bad movie. It, it's a bad movie. Man, if Doctor Doom isn't the next super Marvel villain, I'm out. Well, the next, the, the, ne- the next big bad is is Kang, Kang the Conqueror. They've already revealed that. Now, tr- that's why you need to finish watching Loki. Trust oh, yeah. me on this. Finish watching <laughs> Loki, because it will, it will, it will. The the last episode will. The last episode makes it all worth it and will let you know the direction we're going from here forward. Okay. Um, it's, I think I'm like halfway through, so I can finish that this week. Yeah, f- f- yes, finish, <laughs> finish that Loki. Because, um, like, I, I was at first, like, the first half of the first three episodes, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm only watching because like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't super impressed. Mm-hmm. But... As it continued to go on, um, and things got you know more reveals happened, I was like, okay, I got you. Okay, I got you. And then the last episode, I was like, okay, oh, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Okay, um, yeah, it's it's definitely finished that because it, it sets the table. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't want to spoil it. Like I'm so. <laughs> I'm trying to keep myself from spoiling it. Uh, all right. Um, real quick, a couple things uh, back into the sports world uh, I wanted to get to chat about real quick before we let you go. Um, Hugh Jackson, former NFL head coach, has been named the head coach at Grambling State. What are your thoughts on Coach Jackson joining the ranks at an HBCU? 
when I saw the article, I was I was happy. Like I'm, I'm glad that the HBCUs are starting to get the recognition that they probably deserved. And I just my hope is that it continues to grow to the point where maybe these two these schools can start competing with the bigger schools, with the bigger um, PWIs, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be nice if they can like ride that momentum and one day you see a Jackson State <laughs> playing Alabama in the football playoffs. Like you never know. So um, I'm always good, especially being a HBCU graduate myself from UDC. Who I wish had, I really wish they had a football, football team. Program. I, de- yeah. I definitely would have played. Um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, I'm happy for Hugh and ho- hopefully he can lead them. I think, is that the school where um, Doug Williams coach? Yes. Grandma? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're used to having success there. Um, cause I remember Doug Williams used to like run the tables yearly at that school. So I mean, um, I mean, did they, I mean, there was a time where they won a national championship. It was a long time ago. Really? But yeah. I mean, Grambling, Grambling has a long storied history of football, um, and there was a time where we talked about HBU, HBCU football. Grambling was the standard bearer for HBCU football. So, getting a and it's not like Hugh Jackson is a bad coach. We all know exactly. he had a, we all know he had a raw deal in Cleveland, um, and he's an excellent coach. He, I, if he can, if he can recruit. Um, I think I completely agree with you. He can have a similar effect that Dion had at Jackson, um, and I think you know, and Dion going to Jackson, I think helps spur this this signing as well. And the more big names go to HBCUs, uh, and the more programs start to be willing to, schools start to be willing to build their programs back up. You're going to see. I think you're going to see a big influx of talent choosing to go to these HBCUs. Um, is I, I'm, I'm 100 percent for it. I'm 100 percent right. for it. I would uh, hate the person that's against something like this. Like, no, we shouldn't go there. Like, what? No, for, for, <laughs> why, why not? You know, I, I would. I would love. I would love to see. You know, Howard become a power and Central State become a power and, you know, Virginia Union, um, you know, Hampton, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all and all, and all of a sudden, like, you know, the, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the Southern Classic is no longer just about the bands, but what we actually watch from football, too, you know. Right. You know, that yeah. would, that would, that would be dope. North Carolina A&T and, and then and all of a sudden you've got some some really viable programs and you know, be and they can be in one conference or multiple conferences, but um I think that would be super super dope. Real quick, like Blender then could I heard you say something about uh Manchester earlier. So like I would love if college can kinda like start doing what the Premier League does. <laughs> and like you have these 32 college teams every year and like the bottom four get knocked out and you bring in four more every year to like compete to try to stay in within the uh, Premier League or something like that. Like, I don't know how it'll work, but that would be crazy. 
we it could work. Um, it couldn't work at the very top because of how um, it's structured, but you could do it within co- collegiate sports. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about within oh, yeah, college. Yes. Like, yeah, so yeah, you you could definitely do it in collegiate sports. So you would, um, you would have to have, um, it's just so let let's say let's use the Big Ten as an example, um, and then you'd you'd have to have, you know, a certain number of wins, and then you have like four of the teams that are part of the conference, but they don't play in the conference unless they can earn their way. So let's say. The bottom four this year, I'm just guessing, were Rutgers, Maryland, um, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, and let's say Nebraska. Let's well, say they Illinois were the bottom. It was probably <laughs> Illinois. It was probably Illinois. But I'm just, my mind just went to the four newest ones. <laughs> uh, but let's just hypothetically say those were the four worst. And then. So they, they, yeah, they get, they, they can't, they were all horrible. So they get booted and then in comes Notre Dame, um, you know, uh, Cincinnati, uh, maybe a um, North Dakota or something. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah, maybe, State. maybe, Mon- maybe Montana or, or North Dakota or something like that. They get, that would be in. my, that would be my whole thing is to try to get as many, Division two schools or whatever, like give them a fair shot to like sort of move up, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. oh, so that if so, if you're going to go that way, then what I would say is, um, your 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 four like your within your area, like you then what I would say like your four close Division two champions as far as mm-hmm. their conferences, then they then they have that berth to get moved up the next year. So like um so like, that'll be that'll be killed, but at least but, they yeah, had a chance. But, I mean but I mean unfortunately I have to invoke this terrible memory, but we see we've seen the Appalachian <laughs> State. I knew you was about to say that. <laughs> you know, I, it breaks my heart to have to bring up the memory, but you know, we've seen it. Um and, and there have been some really good you know, look, my father is all a modern. He went to a D two school, he went to um Grand Valley in Michigan. Um, and when when Brian Kelly was coaching them, they won multiple Division two national championships. Um, a team like that would have been definitely waiting to you know to be in the wings to play in in a, in a power conference. Um, again, they may not have stayed in for more than a season or two and gotten kicked back out of the cycle, but to be in there, think about think about the exposure a small school like that would have playing two years in the Big Ten before they got demoted again, um, that two years, even if they lose every game, that's national television exposure. That is players who did not know you existed now know you exist. And when you come calling, now there is a higher chance that they would go play with you um, because now they know that you're good enough to be able to compete against you know the big dogs. And, yeah, they're, they're a two-and-a-half star or three-star recruit, and – you know, they're not getting recruited by those teams, but they can come play at Grand Valley or Appalachian State and they can make some noise and potentially have a chance in a couple years to be playing on the national stage, which helps them, um, whether they want to transfer to their school or whether they're just going to know that around their junior, senior year, they're going to be playing in front of national audiences, which is going to help them when it comes to, you know, to potentially getting drafted and playing at the next level, you know. 
That would be that would be super cool. I would love uh, that, man. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's what what they what they do in Europe with 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 uh, with soccer is is what they should be doing, um, you know, collegiately. Except for it should just be to me like a you just have this very massive. It's like a it's like a massive um, uh, a massive minor league system that you would just pull everybody up through, and. You know, to me that would be that would be dope, and that would be the best way to really build up and, and, and uh, establish that talent. But you know, America's got America and <laughs> do things their way. <laughs> exactly. You know. All right. Last thing before, real quick, before I let you go, um, Coach Mel Tucker, the Michigan State Spartans, got a ten-year, ninety-five million dollar extension. Ninety-five million dollars. <laughs> How? What are your thoughts on Coach Tucker getting such a big extension so quick into his tenure there at Michigan State? Um, I'm happy for him. Obviously, <laughs> um, you just get them see, get them checks, Coach. You just don't see African American um, college coaches getting that much trust, um, especially this fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in Michigan State, so it's not like it's a real like big football school either. Like I know they care about football, but I always thought they were more of a basketball school. No, they're a football school. I mean, really? they've had the more success in basketball, but trust me, uh, Michigan Mich- it's a football state. Michigan State's a football school. Well, dang, maybe there's hey. If that's the case, they're then... be- they're better at basketball, success wise, and consistently better at basketball. But mm-hmm. the, the first love, first and foremost, is football. <laughs> if that's the case, then it's going to be a little pressure on them to deliver. Like they're probably going to expect the college football playoff in the next five years, maybe sooner than that. Well, that that would be reasonable to me with that type of commitment <laughs> and that type of money. Um, See, see, when Michigan State, Michigan State has had had a bit of a downturn ever since Nick Saban bolted uh, from Michigan State to go to LSU. Um, I forgot he was at Michigan State. That's what. Yeah, he that's what we see. Michigan State gave him his, his big break as a college coach. That was his first head coaching job. I and 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 trust me, Spartan fans are still pissed because he did his dirty. And dipped out on us the way he did. The same way he dipped out on LSU to go to the Dolphins, how dirty he did that. He did the same thing to Michigan State. Nothing will ever be worse than when um, Bobby Petrino dipped on the Falcons and went to Arkansas. I remember that night. I'm telling you, I I saw the alert that was like, uh, Bobby Petrino resigns from Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. Man, like two hours later, this dude was saying "pig suey" on Sports Center. I'm like, yes, he was. Yo, what? What? That was wild. I'm sorry, bro. Petrino's a, a mercenary, man. <laughs> He's a full out mercenary. Uh, oh yeah, I hope I hope Tucker does do well though, because um, yeah, it'll be it'll be big for Michigan State. If they're as big of a football school as you say they are, then I mean, hey, who wouldn't want to see a um, a big time Michigan State Michigan football game um, with highly ranked teams. But I, I like I always liked Michigan State um, even before Kirk Cousins 
um, those days. I just, you like that? I remember watching <laughs> Kurt at Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, he had a comeback. Like this is before Washington even drafted him. I was a fan of Kurt um, in college. Like he had a comeback. He threw a deep pass. I forgot who it was against. It could have been Michigan, but I, I forgot who it was. But yeah, Kirk. Kirk. Um, he had a nice run at Michigan State. Yeah, he did. There's a lot, a lot of you know, a lot of talents come through MSU. You know, TJ Duckett, um, Plaxico Burris. That's another person I like from there too. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. I I know one of um one of one of our bums came from there. I think um, did Devin Thomas go to Michigan State? Wide receiver. Hmm. I'm not sure. It doesn't ring a bell. I think he did, man. That dude. See, now I got to check because that (laughs) – I remember he came in the NFL and he was on some model type stuff, man. (laughs) Like, I really think he was, like, number one at Michigan. At Michigan State, I'm sorry. Yup. He was in Michigan State from 04 to 07. I think that's him. Yeah, that's him. Devin Thomas. What a bum. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he played for five teams, too. That's wild. How did he make five teams? That's Sometimes, you know, you show enough flash of talent that people keep going off of your potential while you never make it actually happen, you know? And no disrespect at all if anybody know him or I'm just saying, like, hey. Well, Jeeks, that is going to complete this episode of the original Jeek podcast. I want to give a special thanks to our guest, Mike Pyatt. Uh, But, Mike, before we go again, please just remind everybody where they can find you and your podcast if they want to give a listen. So on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Mike from SW, at Mike from Southwest. Um, and you can find the podcast, the Wizards, the Classified Podcast, the Wizards Talk on any platform. And Eddie and Mike, the podcast, with me and my guy, Eddie P. Uh, we talk about sports on any podcast platforms. And, yeah, thanks for having me, bro. It was really fun. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I, I really appreciate you taking your time and joining me tonight. Um, so, folks, again, I'm your host, Rocky Mr. Magic. And we at Jig Nation want to thank you for listening. And we could not possibly do this show without all of you Jigs who support us. So please rate and review this show on your podcasting app of choice. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. And if you can't find us, let us know at JigNation at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at Jig Nation. And until next time... Peace. Ready to make an entrance, so back cut. Come on, cut for me. Oh, yeah. Whoa, slow down. Whoa, speed up.
this is DJ What, and you're listening to the original Jeek Podcast.